0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam and on today's episode, we're going over season 5, episode 9, called Intervention, and it premiered on November 2nd, 1994. <music> So the episode starts out and Cindy shows up at Dylan's house. The music is blasting. He's passed out on the couch. What else is new? Because that's all he does, it seems. And he answers the door for her. And you can see he's trying to clean up a little bit. I think he has a different feeling for Cindy as he does maybe the rest of the Walsh clan. And... She says, which I didn't even realize also, that after all these years, it is the first time she's ever been to his house. So five seasons of the show, Cindy Walsh has never been at Dylan McKay's house, which is true. I mean, I guess the only time that Jim really ever showed up was when he demanded Brenda come home when she moved in with Dylan uh, for those few weeks. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess why would she go to his house? But then again, it's odd that a high school student has his own house without his parents i mean let's talk about that for a second before we really get into it he would have been put into child protective services no because his dad was in jail his mom was in hawaii so he had a house by himself before he was 18 years old um I don't I don't believe that is allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. I mean, what is it he's paying the bills and stuff? I mean, unless you emancipate yourself from your parents, which is a thing, then you can do it. But he's he never was emancipated. So it's just um I feel like there was a television show recently where someone wanted to emancipate themselves from their parents. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was very sad. I'll have to look that up. But anyways, I, I just think it's interesting that he, you know, he's responsible for all these things that he shouldn't be responsible for as a high school student. But anyways, so Cindy has come over to Dylan because she wants him to come back to the house with her. She tells him that she and Jim Both care deeply about him and she wants him to just come back to the house so they can talk about things. He reluctantly agrees, um, says he's going to clean up before and he'll go with her. Goes into the bathroom, takes a, you know, snort of coke because he's got some in his pocket and he leaves to go with her. So they get back to the house and basically when he walks in in the living room the entire gang is there with a woman named Ellen Marks. They are there for an intervention. Obviously, he's pissed. You know, Cindy set him up. Obviously, Cindy was the only one that probably was the one that could get him to come over to the house, um which makes sense because he did, but he's pissed. Um he wants to leave, but they're kind of trying to get him to stay, hear them out. Brandon brings up the time that he helped him on the mountain. And when he almost fell, Dave brings up the time that he helped him with his meth problem. Andrea, you know, makes a valid point. She says that David buried a friend in high school. Brandon just buried another. Now, we don't want to bury you. And he's just not impressed. He doesn't want to hear it. He He's... Which I think is realistic, I think a lot of people that are having drug or alcohol problems when a family and friends do an intervention, it's hard for them to understand what's going on. I also am curious, does Jim and Cindy or did anyone reach out to Iris about this? Because I feel like she should know that her son is doing drugs. I mean, the last we saw of Iris, she left him a voicemail basically yelling at him, for allowing Suzanne and Kevin to steal his money. So it's just, I don't know. Anyways, um, then at the mall, Valerie's there and she runs into Claire. They don't really know each other very well. I don't think they've ever really met, maybe just crossed paths. Um, But they're getting along, they're walking around. They do mention the big powwow at the Walsh's house and she says that Valerie says that she doesn't really know Dylan that well, to which Claire's like, I thought you were going out with him. And She's like, well, we went out a few times, but basically she says she wasn't invited, and Claire's like, either was I. I guess we're not in the club yet. But, I mean, they shouldn't be invited. I mean, Valerie, maybe, but I guess... It's still kind of salty between Valerie, Steve, and Dylan so maybe she shouldn't be but Claire has no reason to be there. Claire has never had any interaction with Dylan whatsoever. I don't I think they've seen each other in passing. I don't, if you ask Dylan McKay what that girl's name is, I feel like you would have no idea who he is. I just, who she is. I just don't think that there's um a reason for her to be there. So Back to the intervention, though, Nat is there, which would make sense. Nat is his business partner at the Peach Pit, so it's not weird that Nat is there. Um, And he brings up the fact that Dylan stole money from him when they had the Peach Pit after dark. And he's like, I'll pay you back. And he says, basically, that's not the point. And he says, if you don't get your stuff, you know, your shit together, basically, you're going to die. And he tells them, I'm not going to die. And then he looks in the room, I'm not going to die. Which, watching that actually got me, like, really kind of sad. Because, you know, Luke is dead. Um, but, so it's just, like, weird him saying those words, even though he's playing a character. It's just, um, I don't know. I mean, it's very morbid to think about. It's sad. It's I mean, really, really sad that he passed away in real life, obviously. Because he was pretty young he was in his 50s but it's just um yeah it's really unfortunate but anyways steve doesn't want to hear it anymore steve's kind of over it and he says he's gonna leave he's mad about him he's mad about valerie and dylan's blaming it on valerie he was like it was all her i didn't want to hurt you (laughs) which is just like come on man (laughs) like you could have, you know, kicked her out multiple times and you didn't after you found out. At first, maybe it's not your fault. But as soon as you found out who she was, that's all you still. And don't, you know, blame it on the alcohol or sing that song. Blame it on the al- Okay. So, um, yeah, Steve wants to leave. Dylan tells him, I will stay and listen if you stay. So he's trying to, like, make up with Steve a little bit here. So then uh, we see Ray Pruitt at home with his mother. This is the first time we see her. We'll see her again. And I'm going to talk about her a little bit more in the fun facts and tidbits part. But she's kind of like, I mean, you can kind of see they're a little bit. um, How do I put this? I don't wanna say low class, but it just seems a little bit more, not not low class. I'm gonna say blue collar, I'll put it that way. And she smokes cigarettes in the house, which I actually find disgusting. Um, if you smoke, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you. It's disgusting, it's gross. I don't really have any friends that smoke, and it's just such a disgusting habit. My neighbors across the hall smoke, and they're not supposed to smoke in the, this building is a non-smoking building and they smoke in the their apartment all the time. And numerous letters have gone out to not just them, like everyone in the building about not smoking. And I feel like people complain about them all the time because they smoke in their apartment and they're not supposed to, and it's disgusting. And it seeps over to my apartment and I don't want to get secondhand emphysema or anything from them because they're disgusting and they have a gross habit. I mean, it's like 2021. Like, why is anyone smoking anymore? If you want to smoke something, smoke marijuana. I have no problem with that. Cigarettes are just, I mean, disgusting habit. Anyways, um, and if I've offended you, I don't really care. You should know better. So Ray's at home with his mother who smokes in the house. And she's so funny. She's like, heard you came home at four o'clock in the morning last night. And she's like, what were you doing? And he was like, I was out with my friends. And she's like, you should be out with Donna because she lives in Beverly Hills. He also calls her mama. He's like, I, I, you know, I'm taking it slowly, mom. Like, it's very just so weird. But I don't know if we knew this. But yeah, Ray and his mom live together. And I guess he's a, he works in construction. They have the pumpkin patch. He's trying to be a musician. I don't know. I'm going to have to do a, um, I will do one, maybe the next episode or so. I will do a spotlight on Jamie Walters, who plays Ray, because there's a lot to talk about. So then Donna is speaking to Dylan at the Intervention She brings up the fact that he crashed her mother's fundraiser, that little, like, Texas party thing. You know, he'll be remembered as the guy that put his boots on the table and tried to pick a fight with his best friend. And she's like, you were supposed to come with me to registration. And I always thought of you as a big brother. And, you, I mean, basically she's saying, you've let me down. Andrea then chimes in, talking about how so smart he was, which Dylan was a smart guy and how he's never come by to see Hannah, which he claims he's been busy. And then Kelly chimes in and she says that, well, she acknowledges that they had problems as a couple, but she says at least when he was sober, when you were sober, you've had dignity. And she brings up like more dignity than, you know, licking salt off of a uh glorified um hooker which was that sex pot what was her name I don't remember her name but that blonde curly hair she was a super <laughs> sex pot <laughs> but he um yeah he he's just they're giving it to him and he asks if he can go to the bathroom he goes into the bathroom he pulls out coke out of his pocket about to take a little bump again but he opts to put it back in his pocket he doesn't do it so he comes back out and he asks what's next and the counselor tells him basically that his bags are packed so I guess I don't know how they packed his bags without his knowledge but I guess they did well I mean he's always sleeping on the couch so when Brandon was in there so maybe Brandon packed his bags for him but um they tell him that there is a bed waiting for him at a rehab center, a hospital, and he says no. He kind of laces into all of them, but then kind of was like, fine, I'll go. Like, he when he wants to go and prove a point, he thinks that he could do this, like it's no big deal. Um, so his whole feeling is, if I go, you'll have to just let me let me live my life. I'm just going to go and you'll have to just deal with it. So he reluctantly agrees. Then we see David and Claire in her room and she asks, um, she wants to make a sex tape. She, she has like the ca- uh, video camera in there. So she's looking for blank tape and they're going to make a sex tape. Now, never do this. Never, ever, ever, ever do this. If you've done it, I don't know. I mean, sex tips always find a way of coming out. And then today, it's on the cloud somewhere, always. It's not worth it. Just don't do it. Um I don't know what else to say. But you'll find out why. You know, the cloud, I don't know... Cloud, I'm sure, existed in 94 when this episode happened, but we didn't really know much about it, um, but just, yeah, uh, don't do it, so then while David and Claire are getting ready to make their sex tape, Kelly and Donna are in the kitchen talking about Dylan going to rehab, and... She also mentioned she's totally fine with Claire and David and how uh, David being together. She even ended it with uh, Griffin. So she is all in on Ray at this point. She is a one woman kind of, she's not, you know, playing both guys anymore. She's done with Griffin. She's on the Ray train and she's worried about how her mother's going to take it because I guess they were supposed to go to dinner at her mother's house the following day. So... Then, um, Jackie calls Kelly and says that she got a call from someone from Seventeen Magazine and they want to shoot Kelly for a photo shoot. They're doing stuff on College Girls and she thinks that it would be amazing for Kelly to do and Jackie's pestering her to go to a meeting, so she's like, fine. So she's really doing it for her mother, but I don't know how into it she is And they make a joke about whose mother is worse, Jackie or Felice. They call it a tie, but I can tell you it is 100%, without a question, Felice Martin. Jackie's not even in the same ballpark as Felice Martin. Jackie, yes, has her drug and alcohol issues, but Felice is just, I don't know, I mean... The way she treats Donna, who's like an angel, honestly, is just so crazy to me i I don't get it, so we then see Dylan it's the next morning, and he wakes up in this rehab facility that he's at. He has a roommate that is trying to talk to him, tell he could tell like he's new there, and he tells him kind of try to take it one day at a time. He's trying to make conversation to him too, at which Dylan just has no interest and he doesn't even want to talk to this guy. He wants no part of it. So then Donna shows up at her parents' house and they're having dinner and Donna tells her that she's not seeing Griffin anymore. Felice is upset, thinks he's great and Donna says, well, I'm seeing someone else. And she's like, oh, well, who is this person? She says his name is Ray Pruitt. To which Felice is like, oh, daddy plays golf with a Pruitt. And <laughs> Donna's like, no, no, I don't think that's uh, that Pruitt. I don't think they're related. So then Felice is asking about him. Like, what does he do? And you could just tell that she's really non impressed with what Donna's telling her. So she said, where is this Mr. Pruitt from? And Donna says, Reseda. And it's so funny because Felice is like Reseda, like kind of in a very snobby way. And Donna even calls her a snob and Felice barks back and she's just like, fine, bring this Mr. Pruitt to dinner. So she's going to bring him instead of Griffin. I also want to mention that I don't, obviously I don't know much about Southern California. I grew up on the East Coast. I'm a New Yorker, but I do know Reseda. And I know Reseda because of the Karate Kid and Daniel Russo was from Reseda that I always remembered. And Allie, uh, in the movie, her parents were also not impressed, I think, that he was from Reseda because she was uh, wealthier, which is just so funny to me. Um, so Reseda, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not the greatest area. I don't know much about it, so I can't really actually make a assessment on Reseda, so Kelly and Jackie go to the meeting uh, regarding Seventeen Magazine and the photo shoot. And when they're talking to, I guess, one of the um, people that work at the magazine, it's funny, you could just see Jackie keeps chiming in about just her old modeling days. And it's just very funny. I guess she went to Ohio State, so she was talking about that. And you could see that this woman just wants to talk to Kelly. So She asks Jackie to leave the room so they can have the opportunity to talk to herself. So she asks Kelly, she's like, your mother seems really excited, but I'm not sure are you excited about it. To which Kelly says that when she was a kid, it was fun, but she, and she knows it's a good opportunity, but she doesn't know if she wants to do it. So this woman says to her, listen, I'm not going to force you to do anything you want to do. I think you'd be great. You have a great look. I think you should really think about it and, you know, give me a call if you're interested. So she's thinking about it. She's mulling it over and uh, we'll see what happens with that. So then Dylan goes to see someone at this rehab facility about taking himself out. He doesn't think he has a problem, doesn't think he needs to be there. This guy's trying to convince him to stay. He's like, I mean, we even confiscated drugs from your pocket when you got here. And he says, listen, you can sign yourself in, you can sign yourself out. And that's the way rehab works. I think it's one of those things you cannot force anyone to go they have to be willing to be there put in the time and you know they have to accept that they have an issue I believe I think that people could try to force their family friends that are having problems to go there but they can they could leave on their own well so he's leaving himself there and just uh then we see Valerie shows up she's bringing like a little bag box of cookies for him as he's coming out and he says let's go Um, and she's surprised that he's leaving. She doesn't even think that he should be leaving, but he says he's out of there, and what he needs is a ride, so she gives him a ride. She's surprised, though. You can definitely see that Valerie thinks that he probably should be there because she knows that he has a problem. She's just not really helping, but she knows that he has a problem. So then Cindy is on the phone with the rehab facility, and she's really upset because... They call her to say that he's checked out and she's like, what are we going to do? And Jim says, I mean, there's really nothing we can do. Um, He's trying to calm her down. She's definitely pissed that he left. So then at the beach apartment, David says to Claire, let's watch our sex tape. And she says she can't find it. She's looking for it. And then she's freaking out. He's freaking out. They cannot find their sex tape Anywhere. Shocker. Uh, because obviously, um, you know, I said that well, I didn't say this was gonna happen. <laughs> I so let's find out what happens. But that's what happens when you make a sex date. It'll go missing, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. Sure, it seems fun in that time, but at the end of the day, it's not worth it. So then at Donna's parents. She's there with her parents waiting for Ray who is not there yet and John says I want to see the tape of the things on campus that you and Claire were doing. So she pulls out a tape out of her bag and she's like okay let's watch it. So do we think this is the tape? I think this is the tape <laughs> so John is getting ready to put the tape in and saved by the bell Ray is there Ray rings the bell so she's like we'll just watch this or John says we'll watch this after dinner Felice you could tell is pissed that he's there she thinks that the dinner is going to be like overcooked or something and she's not even cooking it's like um Lucille their housekeeper she's making her famous rack of lamb and um I'd actually like to taste that. Um, So, but yeah, Ray got there a little late. So then we see Brandon who goes to meet Jackie and Kelly at dinner to talk about the magazine photo shoot. And Kelly's making comments about not being able to eat. And she also refers herself as chubby. I probably can go on this comment for an hour which I'm not gonna do but the fact that she called herself chubby when she's probably a size four is insane Um that that was even in the script I mean I guess it's I guess it goes with the way Kelly is because she's always had an issue with her weight. We saw her taking those diet pills, but she's not. I mean, I don't like this. I don't like that she's calling herself chubby because chubby girls might be watching this and thinking like, well, if she thinks she's chubby, what am I? I just, I'm I'm not a fan of this, but I guess it makes sense with the way Kelly is, but I no 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 I don't like it so Jackie then asked them how Dylan's doing and she's saying she wished she had friends like them when she was younger I was like why they waited like how long to do this intervention but they think he's okay they think he'll be okay because he's now in this facility even though they don't know that he's left the facility so back at Dylan's house he's there Valerie drives him there. He doesn't think he needs to be in Rahab. What does he do? He opens a beer immediately. He's fine. Fine as, you know, fine as a daisy. Uh, She's not into it. You could see that she, she's not, she thinks he needs to be there. She definitely disagrees with his decision. And we see uh, the answering machine picks up. Cindy's calling, leaving him a message, checking in on him. She's worried, and and he doesn't care. Valerie definitely is worried as well because she, she thinks he needs to be in rehab. So then at the Martin House, Felice, being Felice, is asking Ray all these questions, and basically he's just saying that he's originally from Oklahoma, and John... John's just a nice guy. I I like John Martin. He he has to be, because of the way Felice is, he has to be the polar opposite, which he is. He's not a bad guy, and he's asking some questions. And um, Don is like, you know, daddy, like she's getting a little bit, but he, you know, he's just, he's totally respectful in his questions, whereas you can tell that Felice has got some, a little bit of uh the Felice- Of it. So he, but Donna, you know, Ray basically says, Donna, you don't have to build me up. Um, I don't come from much, don't know where I'm going, and that's just who I am. I mean, he's just saying, that is who I am. So then back at Dylan's, he is getting drunk. Valerie's not impressed. Then he goes to beep his dealer. Now, I don't know if we've talked about beepers. Beepers. I had a beeper. I was not a drug dealer, but I had a beeper. Um, In later than this, I had a really cool, it was like clear beeper. This was like pre-cell phones. So my beeper I had, and it was just like if someone was trying to reach me, they would beep me. And I would, like the way you do it is you call a number, which is a beeper. And then you have the option to just leave your phone number so that person can call you back when they have a chance. Like you, it, they're letting you know we called you. But I think it was like there was a um, a thing in the early nineties, maybe going back to the eighties with beepers, and the only people that had beepers were doctors or drug dealers. So, um, but clearly Dylan beeped his drug dealer, so his drug dealer has a has a beeper. And she is, I mean, she's pissed. She's annoyed. And the beeper, the drug dealer calls back and she's telling him not to answer, which obviously he does. And she's over it. She leaves. She's not dealing with it anymore. She knows that he has a problem. He doesn't seem to want to fix it. She thinks that he needs to fix it, which he does. And she's out of there. So then at the Peach Pit, Kelly and Brandon come by. They meet up with Steve and Andre and Jesse that are there. And Nat gets a phone call. Nat gets a phone call from Cindy. He tells the group that Cindy just called to let me know. Dylan has checked himself out of rehab. And you can see they're all disappointed. And then where, where do to see Dylan next? At the pool hall with his dealer. So he's just, he's not getting any better. He's only getting worse. He doesn't think, you know, he something's gonna have to happen for him to realize that he needs to get help and he's not at that point yet so then Donna and Ray are walking her dog and <gasps> it's Rocky too. I forgot about him totally forgot about him so I guess Rocky too is now living at Uh, Felice and John's house, Donna's parents' house. She's not at the beach apartment, which is so funny. But she, I mean, she calls him Rocky. So it's Rocky too, living at the parents. Um, But they take a seat on the back of Ray's pickup truck. And he says uh, he liked her dad. He's like, I think, you know, I didn't really necessarily win over your mother. But he said, it doesn't really matter because I'm not going out with your parents. I'm going out with you. And you're the one that needs to like me which is true, but it does help if the parents like you too, I will say. Um, I know from past experiences, it makes it a lot easier if mom and dad like the boyfriend too. But Felice, I mean, did Felice ever really like David? We don't know, actually. I don't think she had a problem with David, but I don't think that she loved Griffin. But I think she's now maybe thought of David as like a, just a high school boyfriend. I'm not exactly 100% sure with the beach apartment donna gets home after dinner at her parents house and she sees david and claire just completely tearing the entire apartment together you know apart looking for the tape she's like what tape and then realizes it's the tape that she brought to her parents house so donna gets back to her parents house and um it's really funny john gives it to Donna and Felice is like I wanted to watch it but John kind of covers for her and he says um, oh I put it in but it was all fuzz so there's nothing to see and he kind of like winks at her and says give David my best so John saw, John saw it, um, which is kind of hilarious. I'm curious though, how how much of it did John watch? Did John watch the whole thing, or did he turn it on and was like, "Whoa, boy," and then turn it off? I'm I'm assuming that happened, but it was kind of funny. But since she's there, Felice is like, "Let's talk about Ray." And she's like, what about Griffin? He was such a nice boy. And then Donna's like, well, he's not so great. He waited until the second date to have sex with me. Um, no. I'm calling bullshit on that. Second date? He was her boyfriend. They were dating. They went out a bunch. I don't understand this second date comment. I mean, I don't... And she's making it out like he's such an asshole. I mean, he got annoyed, but it's, like, when he was, like, a little bit when he called her a pathological tease. But, like, it was when she was dating two guys at once. So he has a right to be annoyed. And they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, She even said to Ray can't have a boyfriend. So I don't understand this. And it's unheard of that he wanted to have sex with his girlfriend. Wow. She just didn't tell him she's a virgin. She's wrong. She's making it out like he's so much worse than he is. Um, that might change, but let's not. I don't like when they rewrite like characters like that. Like They did that with Dan Rubin. They made him out to be a really nice guy and then turned him into just like this crazy racist. <laughs> like, which is so weird. But I don't know. She could have just said, I like Ray better that's it. I like Ray better. I didn't really like Griffin. That's all there is to it. But Ray's back at home talking to his mom who wants to hear all about how the rich live. She's so funny. Like she just like loves the information. And she tells him to be good to this girl because she wants, you know, she knows obviously their situation and she wants good things for her son. She wants him to be in a good relationship and she even comments she's like it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich girl as it is to fall in love with a poor boy which is a hundred percent true so she wants more for her son than she had you know typical parent nothing wrong with that so then at the walsh house valerie comes home jim cindy brandon and kelly are talking about dylan leaving rehab and she she denies that she saw him so she's lying but she's frustrated she says that everyone needs to stop worrying about him he doesn't want to help it's his problem Which she's right it's his problem so the episode ends up we see Dylan kind of like just in his car somewhere and he's doing some sort of drugs it seems more than cocaine at this point and he then starts driving, he's completely out of it, and boom, gets into a very bad accident. And that is where the episode ends. Fun facts and tidbits. Okay, so the songs for this episode... When Claire and David are talking at the beach house, it is Every Day of the Week by Jade. Love it. Um, Brandon, Andrea, Steve, Kelly, and Jesse at the Peach Pit. Walk Like a Man, The Four Seasons, and then the other song I have is when Dylan is meeting with his dealer. It's a song called It Keeps You Running by the Doobie Brothers. So those are the songs, and um, for kind of a spotlight, I'm gonna do it on two people that were on this episode that we saw so the first person i want to do it on is the actress that played the counselor alan marks during the intervention the actress is named Mackenzie phillips her dad is john phillips was who was famous from the group the mamas and the papas her half sister is china phillips same dad china phillips who was in wilson phillips and uh, she is currently married to. Or she's been married to actually for like I guess twenty plus years probably. Um, Billy Baldwin, uh, Alex's brother, one of the Baldwins. Also, her half sister is, um, I think, same mom. No, I'm, I'm not sure actually. Uh, Phillips, so same dad. Uh, Bayou Phillips, I think that's how you pronounced her first name. She is an actress. Also, she's been in something. She's a lot younger. Um, and she was married to uh or is married to Danny Masterson, who he's having some uh, you know, he's from that 70s show and he's having some uh issues, legal issues, uh dealing with um some rape allegations. He's actually played not guilty as of now, but I think he just got out of jail for like three million dollar bail, which is kind of crazy. But he's a Scientologist, so they paid for it. I assume she's a Scientologist too then if she's married to him. But anyways, um the craziest thing though about mackenzie phillips is and this is really like a tough thing to deal with um or to hear if you don't know um her dad john phillips she came out he died um but she came out with a story that in her 20s that he had raped her and on more than one occasion and I think she confronted him about it and his response was that wasn't rape, we made love. I mean it's a very twisted, sick uh story. I think she also got pregnant, she said. I think he denied the allegations. Um it's like a very long, crazy story, but um yeah, that is yeah, that's her dad, you know. Kinda of crazy. I don't know if I think things happened or if she came forward with it not long after this. But it's look it up. I mean it's it's crazy. So the other uh <laughs> the other I don't know why I'm laughing, it's not funny, it's sad actually, but the other um spot, spotlight I wanted to do is on the actress that played Luann Pruitt, Ray's mother. Uh, it is actress Caroline McWilliams, and I always, like, watch this. I knew her as Ray's mom, like, smoking cigarettes, kind of, like, trashy. She played that, and I one day looked her up, and I saw, unfortunately, which is very sad, um, she died in 2010 from multiple, um, myeloma, which is, um, really sad that she died but the interesting thing is uh from 1982 to 1990 so she's divorced at this time but she was married to Michael Keaton uh Batman I mean he is always going to be Batman to me so she was married to Michael Keaton and he has a son Sean who's like adorable he was like his date to the Oscars a couple of years ago when he won for Birdman or was nominated I don't remember if he won but uh it but this is um her son uh with with Michael Keaton. So Michael Keaton's son Sean is her uh yeah, that's his mom. So it's kinda interesting that we had two people uh guest starred on this episode that were um, you know, have like an interesting, you know, real life story that I didn't know anything about. But also, um, we won't see Mackenzie Phillips again, but we will see Caroline McWilliams again. She's on a few episodes as Ray's mom. So that is it for the fun facts and trivia. I don't know why I said trivia, tidbits, but, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you all for listening to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on the next episode, we will be going over season five, episode 10, called The Dreams of Dylan McKay. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.